Who's heard this phrase before? Jump in. Just jump in. It's actually, I don't know if it still is, but it was the catchphrase of Xbox. And it was just like, just jump in, just get into it. It's kind of like their version of just do it, I suppose. Nike's just do it. But it's a call to throw yourself into something. Um, And I love that idea of just jumping in. I consider myself a guy who just loves to jump in, who here is quite happy to try new things. Yeah? Who here likes to stick to the, the good, you know, the old faithfuls? Okay, some of you just didn't even answer then, so we'll get there. But uh, I'll tell you about one of my favourite classes in school, and that was Science with Mrs. Garden. Um, did, is there anyone here who went to COC and had Mrs. Garden? No. Okay. Okay, so Mrs. Garden, um, she, was, she would be a similar age to my grandmother, and... I'm just telling facts here. She would be a similar age to my grandmother and um, her, her ability to perceive things was limited compared to other teachers. So this was my favourite class. I got to try all of... This, is like, this was like my prank, you know, testing ground. And if I could get it to work in here... I could take it to other classes. Um, In our science class, one week I tried to see how many times I could jump out the window, come back to the door and be like, sorry, I'm late and walk into my seat because they took all the screens out of the windows because they were doing construction work and I sat next to the window and every time she turned around to the board, I would jump out and like come in and sometimes I would sneak in. So that was fun. Um... In this class, we got away with so many things. In this class, there were two guys, I'm glad I wasn't involved in this, who were, you know, there's a spirit of competition amongst boys, especially grade 10 boys. And there were these boys who were just like, you know, I think it must have started with an elbow, and then there was a punch, and then there was like a really big elbow, and somewhere along the line, Scissors got stabbed into what this guy's hand. He had his hand on the table. The scissors came out of the pencil case and into his hand. So this was a fun class. The TV in this class, I realised one day, was the exact same TV as the TV I had at home. So the remote controls from my home TV worked with this TV. I had a lot of fun with that one. But my favourite thing that I ever did was, um, was bring in some fart bombs. And I had a fart bomb, and um, anyone who's ever been hit with a fart bomb, they are wretched. And if it's ever gotten on your clothes, you have to throw the clothes away. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a number of people who have been to youth camps that have had to throw clothes away. Luke Kennedy um, put one in Josh O'Sullivan's pillow, and, um, and he had to throw his pillow away. Couldn't sleep on it, he just had to put his head on uh, I, I can't even remember. Um, maybe that's where I got inspired for all these pranks, my previous youth leaders. <laughs> so, I was really nervous about throwing this fart bomb, but this is my jump-in class. This is you get it done, let's do it. And um, the way fart bombs work is you have to slam them to like pop this bag on the inside, then the chemicals release, and then the bag inflates, and then it pops. And my plan was to set it off at the back of the class but I got so hasty and I got so worried because I slammed it and it wasn't working and I slammed it again. But then instead of going, it was like, 
and I was so worried, so I just flicked it back straight away. But instead of it flying over to the back of the class, because my original plan was like, you know, like maybe I could, you know, slide it under or I could walk it around. But I just flung it back and I just had, I just had no sort of sense of direction or ease at all with it. And it just hit Jesse behind me, hit me, hit there, fell onto his lap and he was like, is that a... And then... And his clothes stunk. And the whole classroom stunk. And Mrs. Garden's nose was blocked. So she didn't realise. And then someone finally told her. And then she closed the door, closed all the windows. And she said, this is your punishment. (laughs) Because her nose was blocked. So I consider myself a jump-in kind of guy. I, I don't... I have, to tra- I have to train myself to think of the consequences. That's why I have Hannah as my wife. She reminds me that's not a good idea. Um, when Keely and I, as, as uh, camp planners, begin to plan youth camp, we're a dangerous pair um, because we just start to increase. The risk just goes up and up and up and people need to like hose us down because we're just, you know, Keely's another person who's like a jump in kind of person. On the other hand, you have people who are just so reluctant to do anything that they never get anywhere in life. My dad, um, he, had a, he, he loved to get DVDs and he, would, he had this DVD book. And so, you know, all of his DVDs would be laid out in this book. And I remember trying to convert him to like, you know, when DVDs, I don't know if you still have DVDs, but um, I was just like, you've got to go digital. It's so much easier. I got, his DV- I got a couple of his DVDs and I used our computer to convert them into files on a hard drive. And I was like, you know, look, you just plug it in and, and you know, you just go through. You, you don't have to sit there, do this, take the disc out, put it in. It doesn't work. Take it out, you know, rub it down. Like, it's just so much easier. But he was so reluctant because he loved his stack of DVDs. You get in his car and he didn't want to do auxiliary. He didn't want to you know, plug anything in. And so he has a book of CDs that's slid underneath the, underneath the car seat. Who's got parents like that? It's just like you can't get them to do new things. And I feel like, I feel like he was missing out. And, um, you know, I think often we prefer things that are simple, that we understand, rather than jumping into something that it might benefit our life, but maybe it just feels a bit more complex, you know? I feel like that's the hesitation there. Sometimes... We all avoid new things because we're a bit scared of how it's going to go. You know, you rock up and you're like, I'm going to a restaurant. You're like, I'm going to order something different. But you just get called way too quickly and you just don't have time to process it. And there's too much fear going on. So you just order the same thing again. Maybe, um, maybe you're an iPhone user. People have been trying to convince you to switch to Android, but it's just too scary. It's just too complicated. Don't want to go there. Lawrence managed to convince Ange Hopgood. Ah, Ange Case, to switch. Um, you know, maybe it's new TV shows. Why would I try a new TV show when I can rewatch The Office or Friends for, you know, the 16th time? But, you know, our hesitation to jump into new things, it can actually hurt us. It, we, we, we can miss out on a better life. Because we'll be waiting for that 100% certainty that everything's going to be okay. And I think that's what we're waiting for. I think that's why we hesitate to jump into things. Because we just want everything to be certain. You know, maybe you don't, you're not chasing your dream career because 
you're afraid of job security and you don't want to lose the small income that you have now. Maybe you're afraid to show other people music or art that you're creating because you're just scared of of how people are going to take it. Maybe, you know, you want to exercise, but you look outside and there's like a really small cloud and you're like, oh, not today. You're just like, good rain. Just like, there's not 100% certainty there. Maybe you never got the girl that you wanted or the guy that you wanted because you were too afraid of rejection because you just didn't know for sure. Maybe you had a really prolonged boyfriend-girlfriend period because you just weren't sure whether or not she would say yes. And I think we all all experience this from time to time, just that hesitation because we we just want to be 100% sure. And I've done this with God as well. And I'm sure you've done it with God before. Not stepping out in faith because you're not too sure how it's going to work. Playing it safe, not believing big things, not, not trying to seek out that dream that God has put in your life because it would take faith. Not being generous because what about my bank account? What about the bills that might roll in next week? What about what might happen? You know, all these what ifs. Not praying for healing because you're not too sure how it works or if it's going to work. And, and we have all these things where we're like, just because we don't have this 100% certainty, we choose to not jump in. And I think we miss out on so much. Because God says, forgive. And we say, mm, no thanks, they've wronged me. God says to respond with peace. And we go, oh, but they really deserve a mouthful. You know, we don't see how God's way is going to work and we substitute our own way. God says tithe and we're like, oh, that's, this is all that I have for bills. God says, ask for healing, ask and receive. And we go, oh, well, it might not happen, so I'm not going to do that. God says, honour me by staying pure. And we go, well, that's the exact opposite of growing closer to this person, so I don't know why I would. And we, we choose our own way rather than choosing God's way because we're not too sure how it's going to work out. We're not 100% there. And, and I think it's, in a sense, it's kind of annoying actually. And, um, and I'm sure we've all been annoyed at this. Because when you live for God, it's, there's actually a huge trust element involved. You, you can't live for God, or you can't take faith steps without there being some sort of risk. If there's no risk, it's not faith. And so uh, it, it is kind of annoying because I want it to just be 100% certain. I just want to know when I do this, this is going to happen. But there's a level of faith that we have to employ. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 to 13 says, For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as reflected in a mirror. I hate that. I hate that it's riddles and mystery. I hate that it's a faint reflection. I want it to be a clear picture. I want it to be a 10-step plan. God, if I do this, 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 and this, I'll get here. Why is it riddles and mystery, honestly? But that's how we see it. One day we'll see face to face. And Paul says, my understanding is incomplete now. And I'm like, hang on, wait a second. His understanding is incomplete. Whereas this guy, so many people look up to him and, and he had a huge impact on the early church. And he's sitting there going, yeah, I don't, I don't know it all. My understanding is incomplete. But one day I'll understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. But until then, these, there are three things that remain and maybe you've heard this, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. And so above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which we run. And I think to myself, like I said, why can't I just know my future? I would get there a lot faster. 
It's like when the teachers tell you to do your working out when you're like, I could just use the calculator. Please just let me use the calculator. I just want to get to the destination. But the teacher's interested in seeing you do the working out. I just want to jump into my territory. And the truth is, I know, I already know for my life that God territory is the best territory. I've lived for life making my own decisions and it's ended up pretty terrible. But then every time that I've lived with God at the center, with God holding the steering wheel, my life's ended up in a place that I'm like, this is actually really good. And so I know that God territory is good territory, but still it's really hard for me to jump in there, even though I'm a jump in kind of person. And I think if we want to live this all out kind of life, if we want to go from strength to strength, if we want to see God as moving in us every day, there's going to be a bit of a trade-off. And I want to talk about that trade-off tonight. I want to address those things that maybe hold us back, those things that we balk at. Because I feel like if, if we can get past these, then we can live a life that jumps in. We won't be so worried about getting to that 100% certainty, but actually knowing that, hey, regardless of, of how I feel about this, I know that I can jump in and God's got my back because that's the hardest thing. And so the first thing I want us to know that when it comes to God territory, understanding is optional and it's actually unlikely. Understanding is optional and it's actually unlikely. I hate when I show my mum or an old person a meme and they go, is that one of your friends? Who, who is that? Oh. Like the point is not to understand, just have a laugh. Don't you hate when someone like analyzes a joke? You're like, just laugh at the joke. You don't have to understand it. Just have a giggle. And, um, and I think sometimes we look for understanding where that's not the point. You don't need to know the details to so just have a laugh. To me, it's unimportant how my car works what matters is that it gets me from A to B, right? I don't know the intricate details. I just need it to get me from A to B. I don't understand how my home loan works. And I know that sounds stupid because I graduated and they like talk about loans and I've met with a financial planner and um, I've actually like every meeting I actually ask like, how does this bit work? And Hannah's sitting there like going, we've talked about this and we all get it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I still don't get it. I still don't understand this. Big negative signs in my bank account. What are you doing there? Whenever Tavita does a magic trick, I just, yeah, I am just like, that was amazing. That's so awesome. But you know what ruins magic tricks? Understanding them. It's like, you just, you just, yes. No one, please, no one ask Tavita how he does it. And I think so many of us choose to not engage in God's plan because we're too busy trying to figure it out. Is that for me? Will it work in this situation? God's way seems to not make sense. So, so how can I be sure? And Paul says, Paul, he says, my understanding is incomplete. And that really encourages me because he did some pretty wild things. He had a snake bite him and he ripped it off, threw it away and, um, and he wasn't harmed. And he wasn't sitting there going, so how did this venom like not like, like that's not important to him. Understanding wasn't important. He was just out there giving it a crack, doing what God had called him to do. He had just jumped in. He still did great things for the church, even though his understanding was incomplete. So the thing I want you to remember tonight is don't let your confusion curb your confidence. 
Too often we let our confusion curb our confidence. I don't know if I want to jump into this because I'm confused about how it's going to work. Just because you don't know how God's going to make it work doesn't mean it's not going to work. Just because you don't know how your car's going to work doesn't mean it's going to sit there and putter and not get you to where your destination. So, so can we free ourselves, please, from the need to understand? Because understanding is optional and it's actually unlikely. Whatever you want to do for God, you might be looking for a reason. You might be looking for an answer, but God works in mysterious ways. You might be wondering how this is going to work, but guess what? God is a supernatural God. And if He wasn't a supernatural God, he wouldn't, these, things wouldn't be, uh, these things would be explainable. And if they were explainable, we wouldn't need to trust Him. And that's the part that we have to play when it comes to jumping in. It is actually like a jump. It's not like a small step and where I can step back if I need to. It's like both feet in. It's like once you've made the jump, you're committed. It's a jump. So much about living for Jesus is a leap of faith. And I don't think that we need understanding to see it work in our life. Because I don't understand how being a patient, kind person to this lemon head of a boss that I have is going to help, but it actually is going to help. Oh, I'm not talking about Pastor Chris. <laughs> Pastor Chris has been a great boss. Whenever I give these examples, I'm, I'm always talking about Sam's warehouse. <laughs> Just to clarify that. <sighs> Just escaped that one. I don't understand how tithing, how giving my money away brings blessing back into my life, but it works. I don't understand how having hope when nothing around me looks like it's going to work, when there is no reasonable explanation as to how my life's going to get better, I don't understand how hope works, but hope brightens my mood. Hope fills my day with a sense of joy. It works. I don't know how letting go of control and asking God to help would work, but it works. I don't know how forgiving the guy that wronged me is going to make me feel better. I don't know how letting him off the hook is going to make me feel better, but I'm convinced after seeing it work again and again and again. I don't understand how that works, but it just works. I don't understand, and I surely felt this way leading into marriage. Don't understand how staying pure now will benefit my marriage later. And it's some of these things, it's just, it feels mind-boggling. But honestly, can you just please curb your need to understand Because it's optional and it's actually unlikely. Often, the understanding comes on the other side of the breakthrough. So I I never really believed or I never really was sure. I mean, I knew in my head, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is what's the go. God says this is the go. And I'm really hoping that this is the go. But I wasn't really convinced about it till I got to the other side. Till I got to the other side of my first Um, couple of months of tithing, when I got to the other side of marriage and actually, you know, being able to stay pure before marriage, making my marriage even better. I wasn't able to understand these things until I got to the other side. And if you just sit there waiting to understand, you'll never take that leap of faith and you're never going to find that breakthrough and you're just going to end up continuing to live the same life that you have now. And I don't know who wants to keep living the same life that they have now. Might be awesome now, but you'll probably get sick of it, to be honest. Too many of us shortchange our destiny because we are too analytical. We pick out the what-ifs, sift through the details, and you end up paralyzing yourself. Paul says, my understanding's incomplete. 
And so I want to ask the question, are you okay with that? Are you okay with not understanding? Some of us, that's going to be a hard one to push through. Can you be confident jumping into something, not fully understanding it? Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know in all things that God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So I want to encourage you this morning, uh, tonight, to give God a go. What are you believing for? New job? Have you tried tithing? Have you jumped into that yet? Need more hours at work? Have you prayed yet? You might not understand how it's going to work. You might not understand how simply just saying a few words is going to help you when it seems like there's all these practical options like handing out resumes and you know going to different businesses and that's really important. But honestly, like if you haven't tried praying yet, get in. You want, you want less jerks around you? Have you tried to not hold grudges against them and actually forgive them? You want more money or provision? Have you tried being generous yet? I, I just, I don't, I don't understand how losing cash, losing money, losing resources will, will make me prosper. But it just does. And I'm the worst salesman ever. It just does. But honestly, there'll be so many people here in this room who just know. They just know that it works because they've experienced it. And all the people who are skeptical are the people who haven't jumped in yet. The people who haven't seen the breakthrough on the other side. We are at the end of time. So I just want to share my second thought very, very quickly. And that is that breakthrough is often preceded by silence. When Hannah and I were on one income, searching for a job, it just felt like it was never coming. Just felt like there was, it was silent waters, like there was nothing on the horizon. And quite often, the everything that you're searching for is preceded by nothing. And that's what it felt like. Uh, when I was a kid, I prayed for a laptop to appear under my bed because I just wanted a new laptop so bad. And who knows, imagine if I kept praying for it. I could be one laptop richer. But, you know, I think... Just like Paul says, one day we're going to see face to face. He knew it's not going to happen in my timeline. He could say one day, he couldn't say when. And um, it does feel kind of annoying because we all want stuff to work instantly. All the lads here, I'm sure, have gotten annoyed when you did 100 push-ups, did 10 push-ups and you didn't get swole the next day. Um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like being nauseous and throwing up. Sorry to put that visual in your head. But like, you can't just be like, like, I just wish that I could just throw up straight away. But there's that process of being nauseous that just sucks. And it's like, will I ever be better? Like, you just take your health for granted in those moments. And you just, you just can't skip the process. That's how being nauseous works. And I think sometimes it feels like life is falling apart. But God's actually in the middle of making something. And, and that's what I want you to grab tonight is that you might be praying, you might be believing, you might be in the middle of the, the biggest heartache of your life, feeling like nothing's happening. But the mess that's around you is actually something that God is going to be pulling back together really, really soon. That God is making around you because 
Everyone knows if you want to clean a room, you've got to have a little bit of mess. And we get a bit freaked out when the room gets messy. We feel like things are getting worse, but God's ready to piece something back together. God is ready to take those pieces, get rid of the garbage, put your life back together in a way that you just have never even dreamed of. That job, when you've been praying for that job, but it hasn't come, it feels like nothing's happening. When you've been honest and peaceful at work, but people are still walking all over you. When you've been trying to stay joyful, but nothing good seems to be happening. When you've been trying to keep smiling, but it feels like you're falling apart on the inside. When you're being generous to others, but people just keep taking advantage of you. When you're trying to stay positive in your family, but everyone around you is being negative. When you're trying to stay pure, but all your friends are mocking you, thinking you're weird and paying you out. It feels like life is just a complete mess. It feels like things are falling apart. Why am I even doing this? I really jumped into this, God. I really gave my all. I handed the steering wheel over to you, but why isn't anything happening? And it feels like, ah! But quite often, the silence is what precedes the breakthrough. Quite often, that mess that we feel like life is over there, feels like my life's in a huge mess right now. But it's going to keep getting messier and it's only once it gets to its messiest state that it all just suddenly comes back together. And, and I don't know when that's going to come. Paul said, one day, one day I'll still see him face to face. My understanding still isn't complete now. One day, and, and all of us, we have situations for some people, God brings us breakthrough really, really quickly. And for others, weeks, months, years. And you could be years down the track. And it feels like things are just even more frayed than they were at the beginning. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are you when people insult you. I don't want that. Blessed are you when people persecute you. Are you serious? Sometimes we just, we have this annoying, bad, hurtful stuff happen to us. And it feels like we're at the end. But Jesus is saying here, blessed are you. Blessed are you when people falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. But you should rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And Jesus is looking at this surface mess and he's got a different perspective because he can see where it's going to end up. And too often we can't see where it's going because we can't understand and we don't have a timeline and we're not sure. And it feels like people are persecuting us left, right and center. But God, Jesus actually says, blessed are you. And I think tonight, we've got to begin to change the way that we think about these leaps of faith. What mess are you going through right now that you just, you just need to hold on a little bit longer? What is a mess that's happening in your life and you just don't understand why? I, I just don't know why this problem is happening to me and no one else. I don't know why this has fallen apart when I did everything the right way. Are you prepared to hold on even when you don't understand? Are you prepared to hold on even when you don't know when the breakthrough is coming? Are you prepared to hold on even when it seems like heaven is silent? And I don't know what mess you're going through, but the mess, it doesn't compare to what God has got in store. And if you just hold on to hope, if you just take courage, God will see you through. Don't give up on faith. Don't give up on your values. Hold in there because God has got you. I think tonight God wants to free some people here, free them from the need to understand. 
and I guess free us all from the need to have certainty. Could we stand together right now? And I just want to pray for us all. And um, just could we get every eye closed right now? I just want to create a moment of privacy. And I want to pray first for anyone right now who just feels like nothing makes sense. I just don't understand how this situation got where it was. You don't understand how it is. You don't understand where it's going. You don't understand the part that you're meant to play in it all, what you're meant to do. Who's that here today? I just want to pray for you before we move on. Is there anyone here? Yep, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Great, great, great. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep, great. You can put your hand down once it's up. Eleven. God, I just thank you for these people. Finding themselves in the middle of circumstance where it's just so confusing. And where we can only see faintly, dimly through a mirror. It's really hard to see where we're going. But God, I just pray that tonight that you would bring joy to these people's hearts. That you would lift our spirits, God. That you would help us to take courage just one more time. That you would help us to hold on in the midst of mockery from friends and in the midst of mockery from self-talk and that talk that comes from the devil as well. Pray that you help all of us to hold fast to your word, hold fast to your promises, not to give up on our virtues and values, God, but just to hold on to you so that you can see us through to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. And just keep your eyes closed right now. And, uh, and I want all of us to think about where we are with God. Maybe you've had situations where you really trusted God and you felt like things didn't work out. And so maybe you got a bit annoyed at God. Maybe you're just feeling a bit bewildered and, and unsure and you're just ready to give God a go. I love that here at church every week we give people an opportunity to respond to God, to bring God into the centre of their life once again and for the first time. And maybe that's you today. You know, I, I, like I was saying, every time that I've lived life with God, lived in that God territory, I've found my life just getting better and better and better. And yes, there's hard times, but it, when I've got God with me on my side, it just does not compare. And so if, if that's you, I just want to let you know that Jesus died on the cross so that He could reconnect you with God. He died on the cross to pay a price for our sin and mistakes that would hold us back from God so that we could reconnect with Him, so that we could be with Him. And all it takes is a bit of faith and trust. Trust meaning you're ready to hand over the steering wheel to God. And faith meaning you just believe with your whole heart that what He, do, what he did for you is true. And you want to make Him a part of your life tonight. And if that's you, whether that's for the first time or whether you're coming back to God tonight, can you just lift your hand as well? And I want to pray for you as well. Anyone here tonight? Just everyone keep their eyes closed in this moment. I just want to pray for you really quickly. So if that's you, just shoot your hand up right now. Cool. God, I thank you for every single person here. Thank you for the people who maybe have made that decision in their heart tonight to put you at the center of their life, to put you at the steering wheel, to trust 
to trust you, God, instead of themselves. And I just pray that this week we would all be able to walk out of this place and be able to give you our whole heart, be able to trust our lives entirely to you. And I, and I just ask that uh, every single person here, when we call out to you, God, that you'll be there, that you'll be comforting us, that you'll be with us, showing us your love in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to pray this prayer and we're going to pray this all together and we're going to pray it out loud and we do this every service because this can really uh, articulate what that decision that you just made, if that was you. So let's pray it together. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that we go out this week and whatever challenges come our way, that the... Uh, barriers of understanding don't curb our confidence and that the unsurety of when breakthrough is going to come is not going to hold us back from trusting God. Praying for you guys, believing that as you hold fast to God, the best is yet to come. Thanks, Robert.